warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Britannia, a very British podcast about very British movies, with just a hint of professionalism. Right. And here comes the hint of professionalism. Yeah, it's Tony just a, Blanford. No longer a hint of Tony. He's back. Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello, fans. Sorry, I've been away. This is the thing that gets me that I can record with Stephen fairly regularly, two hundred and fifty miles apart. We live in the same town. <laughs> You could be here in five minutes if you if you wanted to, or I could be over to you in five minutes. As I've explained before, there's some <laughs> days I'm in Medway, some days I'm in Scotland. Yeah. It, it's, it just depends where I'm at. <laughs> it just makes I'm so me, erratic, I'm I, all over the place. I know, it just makes me laugh that, you know, we, we could sort of like look out of each other's doors and shout this across to each other if we had to, you know, we're that close. But, I remember sending you a picture once that I was watching a film in the services. Mm-hmm. Just so it was ready for when I got back to this town, and That's so we true. could record. I'm pretty sure mm. it was um, what was it? I was watching. Oh, it's um, the one with the trucks. Hell drivers. You were watching hell, hell drivers. You were watching yeah, hell drivers in the on the road somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere up the country, and oh, that's how committed I am. Yes, yeah. Hell Although drives. I might not be here all the time, listeners, I am very committed behind the scenes. <laughs> Constantly researching. Actually, that's true because you are always on the lookout for a movie to to bring to us. Mm. Um, because you don't, you know, we we always thought that it would edge towards comedy if me and you were talking together. You know, it would be the carry-ons and the Norman Wisdoms, but. I think you sort of making a conscious effort, aren't you, to try and find something that you haven't seen a lot of the time, or yeah, and that's why we've gone for three hats for Lisa this evening. This is a weird one because I haven't seen it, or I hadn't seen it. I was aware of it, yeah, um, and, and one particular song and dance number, which we'll get to. But yeah, it's it's one that not a lot of people know of. Um, no. I managed to get a DVD copy, which I managed to get to you. This is why it's taken so long to record, because there was a dodgy copy on YouTube, wasn't there, that was there for weeks and weeks, and then we were all set up to record a week or two ago. Yeah, and then some bastards on copyright ground took it down. (laughs) I mean, I don't know why at this day and age, but people get a bit tetchy about things like that. Especially like a 60-year-old movie as well. What's the the problem here? I've got a funny feeling what may be happening, thanks to those wonderful people at Talking Pictures TV, they probably bought the rights to it for a while, um, and they're probably going to plan to show it because it's one that hasn't cropped up on Talking Pictures TV yet, but it is typical programming for them it is a film that should be on talking pictures tv mm. yeah let's play the trailer and we'll be back with what we're watching this evening which is free hats for lisa and you will not be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> 
Sidney James up to this time? What do you think you're doing down there? I got it! I got it! I'm here! Got what? Whatever it is, he's keeping it out of his hat. And brothers, look who else is here. The sun is surveying his dominion. Oh, why is he smiling that way? Well, I am inclined to the opinion. This is a special day. This indeed is a special day and a very special film. Miracles don't often happen. But when the stunningly beautiful screen star Lisa Milan comes face to face with our number one fan, it only goes to show that fairy tales do come true. Surely kiss me, that's all. Oh, come in, let me wipe it off. Here, plug it in, you man or something? Since I found a girl to love, there's no one I am jealous of. I'm as happy as a man can be. The king of the castle, that's me. Hey, it's her, look. Hey, 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 Stop for the red light. Go for the happiest band of tourists that ever did London. We live in L-O-N-D-O-N London. My, what a beautiful town. Operas and oranges, bananas and browns. Think of the garden where music has done. Three hats for Lisa with the perfect hat trick of stars. Joe Brown as Johnny Algigo. Decorative Sophie Hardy as the lovely Lisa, who has an uncontrollable passion for hats. Grab her, quick! Grab her! Look, I nearly had it. We all nearly had it. Talking of hats, Sid's still hanging on to his. Can't you put your hand underneath it and grab it or something? I can't do that. Three hats, Lisa, won't be... Co-starring two of Britain's brightest young entertainers. How about one like an okra bun that you close up on your head? Or an upmost thing of straw and string that looks like an unmade bed? Now, sir, what was it you had stolen? A basket. God, you know. You mean a busby. I certainly do not. <laughs> Hats off for Lisa. And for the screen's most exciting comedy musical. Here's a hat! Here's a hat! Here's a hat! Here's a hat! All got hats for Lisa! What about this one? What about that one? And I say now, whip that hat away, double quick. Now. Did you all watch the trailer? <laughs> well, they'd have heard it, Tony. Three Hats for Lisa from 1965, directed by Sidney Hayes. Starring Joe Brown, Sophie Hardy, Sid James, Eunice Stubbs, Peter Bowles, Jeremy Lloyd's in there, Eric Barker, Norman Mitchell. There's a couple of little famous cameos. Oh, Peter Bowles. Peter Bowles. It's written by Leslie Brickus. Um, Give us the synopsis, mate, and we'll go into this. Featuring a cast and production crew that reads like a who's who of British 60s talent. Three Hats for Easter is an exorbitant, whimsical, and utterly irresistible musical romp set in the heart of swinging London. What did you describe that as a, a, star, a cast to die for? What was it? An all-star cast? Yeah. I, I, Featuring a cast and production crew yeah. that reads like a who's who of British 60s talent. Right. We've said this about most of the movies that we've reviewed. You know, you look down, <coughs> the, you look down the cast list and you think, that's a brilliant cast. Look at all those famous faces. This isn't a 
massive great famous list of names here, apart from Sid James and Joe Brown, to be honest, mate. It's not huge. No, um, we've got Peter Bowles, I suppose. But yeah, um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, Peter Bowles is probably best known for sitcoms. And, yeah, and so is Eunice Stubbs and, you know, Give Us a Clue and Wurzel Gummidge and Sherlock now, you know. But yeah. it's it's a... It's a f- odd little film. It's, it's it's definitely a musical. Why did you choose it? Let's just find out why you chose it, and then we'll sort of get some thoughts behind it. I know your love for Sid James. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and I was just basically having a flick through, and I was oh, i come across this. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, I haven't watched that in years. I've watched it once before. Oh, you had seen it? Okay. Yes, yes. I have seen this one once before, many, many moons ago, and I've mm. not watched it since. Okay. Um, so I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to go for that one. Okay. And, uh, did and you... when you said you'd not watched it, yeah, I thought, oh my god, I've touched gold here. There's a film <laughs> that Scott's not actually not watched. A Sid James film that Scott's not seen as well. Yeah, exactly. Even and I was sort of a bit taken back. So I thought, well, it's a no-brainer, really. I've got to go for it. Okay. So um, and it's and it's my era, isn't it? So well, again, it's for me as well. It's it's swinging sixties in London. What more, mm. you know, could I possibly ask for with Sid James in there? So you watched it a few years ago, just before we, you know, we, we'll sort of mark it at the end, sort of give it some ratings and things like that. Um, do you remember enjoying it first time round? I'm, I'm sure you probably did because it's, it's your sort of film as well. Yeah, I, I think the first time round I didn't watch it properly like I did this time. Okay, so has it improved this time round? Or have yeah, you become a bit too I, critical of it? It's It's not, don't get me wrong, it's not the best movie in the world. We're going to say this from the outset: is there's no Oscar-winning material in no, this whatsoever. No, yeah, uh, it's not the best in the world. It's not bad um, though, is it? No, um, I sort of see it as a carry-on. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay, go on. Why? 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 Why carry on? <sighs> it's a bit of a song, a bit of a dance. The music is carry-on music. Yeah, I'm but... almost a hundred and ten percent. It is the same orchestra. <laughs> That done carry on because it, it all sounds the same. Okay, the, the acting comes across the same, and the whole storyline of it obviously, Free Hats for Lisa is sort of a given in the title. See, I didn't think of that until I started watching it. You know, the title I just thought, okay, Three Hats for Lisa, didn't think anything of it, and it yeah, it, and it, it carried on for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then suddenly the plot kicks in that it is actually about three hats for, it, for yeah. Lisa. So, you know. so it's obviously, spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> Um, what is the Lisa story? It's, it's, she comes over this country, mm. wherever she's from, because I've still not quite worked out what the accent I is yet. I think she's supposed to be French. Well, I think she's meant to be French, but sometimes it's a bit Italian. Or, or she's a French actress playing an Italian in the movie, something That's like it. that. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes she says like she's from Wales. Um, <laughs> but Joe Brown's her biggest fan. That's it. Um, she comes over here, she's meant to be um, showing off a new movie. Yeah, promoting it, yeah. That's a bit of promotion. But she sort of says bollocks to the schedule, does her own thing, causes a bit of uproar, mm-hmm. um, goes make a load of mischief around London. She wants a guarded tour, and, um, and Joe Brown gets mistaken as the lead sort of president of a UK fan club just because he happens to be yeah, at the airport Heathrow waiting airport, for her. Right, London airport, yeah. And so Joe and his cheeky gang of Cockney chaps and chapesses, including Una Stubbs, are best mates with Sid James, who's a taxi driver. What else? Yeah, exactly. Who else do you need? Yeah. Especially, he's, he's, he's qualified for the role from Carry On Cabbie, isn't he? 
and and again he's just called Sid in this movie as he is in numerous in other films yeah <laughs> um, and they just go around London and, and what are the three hats she, she she's a, an avid collector of hats isn't she and she wants That's three she typical wants British ones yeah she wanted a bear skin yeah and a policeman's helmet that was it so the whole plot is basically these guys travelling around London um, trying to find these three particular hats or steal these three yes, particular hats. Yes, they have hats. to be stolen. That's yeah. the thing. She can't buy them. She has to steal them. Which is like, okay. And and that is the plot. But in between all these jolly little set pieces, there are musical numbers, which you would expect because Joe Brown is the is the star of the movie. Which are horrendous. Which is remarkable considering who wrote them. Now, Leslie Brickus, who wrote part of the screenplay and all of the, the music and the songs, you're not familiar with that name, are you? I, I don't no, think you've heard of him. No, Leslie no. Brickus, you will, you will know him immediately when I say Leslie Brickus. He, he worked very closely with Anthony Newley. So he wrote all the songs to the Dr. Doolittle movie with Rex Harrison. Right. You know, Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Dun, dun, yep. dun, 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 that one, he yep. wrote, he wrote that because that was originally oh, wow. in an Anthony Newley musical, if I remember rightly. But you'll probably know him best. He wrote the Candyman. He wrote all the songs for Willy Wonka. Oh my life! Yeah, okay. yeah. He, he won Oscars, I think. Oh, he wrote Goldfinger as well. Oh, with John Barry. Um, and I'm sure. Oh, he's up there then. Yeah, he's... yeah. He won. He won two Oscars. He won one for "Talk to the Animals" from Doctor Doolittle, and he got another one. I'm sure it was for score. For there was a Julie Andrews movie called Victor Victoria in a, in the eighties, and I'm sure he won it for that. So he's you know he's he's got some chops behind him. You know he's he's not a, a bad composer, but these songs. I mean, it's a victim of its time, mate. We're talking. Is it 1965? This film. Yeah. Right. So. The year before, the Beatles have released Hard Day's Night. So, of course, that has been a worldwide smash. Yeah. But it would be because it's the Beatles. But, of course, all the other British stars thinking, we can make a movie. Or, or you know, all their managers are saying, well, if the Beatles can make a movie, my boy can make a movie. So, Cliff Richard has, has started a few years before. You know, Eunice Stubbs was in summer holiday with him. 1963 or whatever it was Joe Brown has decided to make this during the pacemakers make a movie around about this time the Dave Clark five you know and people like Jess Conrad and Joe Brown are popping up in different films um and none of them will ever achieve the same success that Hard Day's Night and Help would get which is pretty obvious really so it's a little bit of a victim of, of the times, you know. It's, it's a, this unique period where these... It is a musical. We can't deny it's a musical, mate, can we? It's definitely... No, it's, it's a terrible musical. It's a terrible musical. <laughs> um, I've got nothing good to say about the musical scenes. Okay, apart from, apart from one. Wank. Apart from one. Well, yes. I'm, I've got to stand up for this because it is sort of like my national anthem. It is, yeah. Um, it's quite... A lot of people don't realise that Sid James was a song and dance man to a certain degree. And he's not no. He's not a particularly good song and dance man. He sings like Sid James. He dances like Sid James. You know, he's not Fred Astaire. Yeah. 
and I think that's what probably makes that particular one you're talking about mm-hmm. better. You like it because it is just a Cockney doing... Well, you, you know what you're getting with him, don't you? That was yeah. the good thing about Sid James. You knew exactly what you were going to get with him. There was none of that bullshit dancing, singing around and jumping and all that crap like there yeah. was with everyone else. Yeah. Um, which you never see, really, Sid James get involved in with any of it all. No, no. You look at a lot of them dance things. He's in the background. Sid James... Yeah, he's standing there, or he sits down at the bar scene. Yeah, well, he knows um, his limitations, mate. He knows he's not going to get up there and do the old handstands and cartwheels and all no, that sort of stuff. exactly. Though. But um, there's one that he's given the chance to shine, and yes. it's called Bermondsey. And we'll play it now. Um, it's on YouTube. This clip is on YouTube, and it's Sid James doing a bit of shuffling, a little bit of singing, and just listen to the lyrics to this song, because it is, this is Leslie Brickus. What his impression of what Bermondsey's like. Oh, ho, ho, Bermondsey, that's home to me. I'm longing for a moment when I shall see the happy laughing razor slashed faces of the people I love. A back home in Bermondsey. It's kind of I want to be. because the smuggled booze they've got is practically free. And how I miss the smell of the gasworks and the people I love. I've so many childhood memories of that quaint old-fashioned town. There was a quaint old-fashioned schoolhouse. Till the school kids burned it down. No. I'm off to Bermondsey. They love a fight. Gosh, oh gee. Oh gee, oh gosh, I'd like to cosh that copper, you see. Who sent away to Holloway and Brixton all the people I love. But... Sound just like Napoli. That's rough as well. That's home to me. It's rougher I'm than I'm longing now. for the moment when I shall see. The happy laughing raises slashed faces of the people we love. Oh, Bermondsey, your Napoli, it's all the same to you and me, and that's where we would like to be as long as we can go and see. The happy laughing raises slashed faces of the people we love. See, there you go, Tony, that's Bermondsey, which is probably the best song in the whole film. Yeah. Um, probably the best sequence in the whole film because the, the story is just absolute rubbish. It's lots of little sort of sketches. Obviously, it's, there's three hats that they've got to get. So there's three sort of little adventures as to how they're going to get them. Now, you're going to have to remind me because I watched this a few weeks ago. The bear skin. Now, they don't go and steal it from a soldier, do they, if I remember right? No, right? they go to a military shop. Well, it's just a proper hat makers, isn't it? It's not necessarily a military one. It's just a normal hat makers that happens yeah. to sell busbies and bear. Well, that's it. They explain the difference between busbies and bearskins as well, don't they? I think. Yeah. Um, um, there was a guardsman in there purchasing a hat. Yeah, which is um, Jeremy Lloyd. Jeremy yes. Lloyd crops up in loads of things. Um, we haven't come across him. I think we have actually. I think we've come across Jeremy Lloyd in a. In a previous movie, I'll have a little look and I'll find out what we've seen him in, mate. I think he might have been in Carry On Sergeant. Um, but yeah, carry on, mate. So they go into this hat shop and Jeremy Lloyd's buying a bearskin. He's a soldier. He certainly is. He goes in, buys it. And as they go outside, the gang come up with some elaborate plot <laughs> that one of them was going to faint 
And the other <laughs> one was going to run over and help them, and then they was going to they come down with some sort of flu, and they jump in the taxi, do a quick swap around at the hat in the box <laughs> yeah. with some other dodgy car mat thing they had in the taxi. That was it. It was an old carpet or something. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they had it away with the bearskin. Yeah, it, it, just this whole elaborate plot that doesn't make any sense. Shouldn't have worked, but it's a comedy anyway. But you can you can forgive it that. It's, it was just exasperating watching that whole sequence. What was the other bowler hat? I can't even remember how they got the bowler hat. How did they get that? that? They went to that alley, didn't they? I can't think of the name of it. Gust Alley or something like that. And it's where the... It was a big musical number, wasn't there? There's a lot of dancing going on, if I remember. Oh, there's lots of dancing everywhere. Isn't it? Is it in a market? There's a, it's like a big alleyway, and they, were, they all hid behind the um, the columns. And waiting for the wind to knock the um, hats off their heads. Wasn't it at Covent Garden in the market? Yeah, I think it was Covent Garden Market or something like that, if I remember right. But yeah, it, literally, the, the hat just blows off of someone's head. Yeah. <laughs> and they just nick it. Okay. And then, as if the bearskin one wasn't complicated enough, how did they get the um, policeman's helmet? This one is just bizarre. Uh- Oh, yeah, is, is it a budgie, un, un, a pregnant budgie, um, falls in the road and there's another budgie, so the policeman lends them their hat to put over the budgie in the road. But there's no actual oh. budgie, Sid's pretending his, his budgie's escaped, basically. So. Yeah, oh, it, it's, Pain, oh it, it's painful, it's isn't dribble. it? It's painful, isn't it, to watch some of this. But again, we, are we still going to stand by saying it's not a bad movie? <laughs> To be fair, in a bump's time or so, I'd probably watch it again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite addictive, isn't it? It's, it's, at no point did I think, I'm turning this off. I've got to see this through, because I want to see how this actually resolves itself, how this is going to finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a glutton for punishment, almost. And like you say, I could probably watch it again quite soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible film. It's unique, isn't it? Even in, even in this sort of era of of British pop stars making these sort of musicals, I think it it stands above the others as something completely different. Um, there's one bizarre scene. Something is included, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I get to this. That doesn't again have any reason for being there, but I'll give you an explanation in a minute as to why I think it was included. They end up going up the post office tower. Yes. Up the, or the BT tower, as it's known then. But back then it was the GPO tower, wasn't it? And they went into the revolving restaurant. But at the time, it was just being built, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, under some pretense that, wasn't it one of their guys' brothers was the foreman of the works there or something? So they Did got James's... Yeah, relation. Yeah, so they go in, and they're what they do. They're hiding, aren't they, from um, Lisa's? Is it the police? And Lisa's manager is looking for yeah. and things. Like, so, they, so where do they? They've got the whole of London to hide. They go into the partially built GPO tower, up to the revolving restaurant, and yeah, there's this whole spiel about. Yeah, this is where they're gonna, you know, serve your dinner, and you're gonna go revolving round. And I, I, I think they do a little musical number up there, and he, he cooks some sausage and beans or something while they're up there. And it's yeah, like, and it's just weird. Why is it there? But did they get permission to film at the top of that? Was that a studio? 
I don't know. I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? I, I was trying to work it out myself, and mm. I even went onto the BT's website and watched a little film yeah. about BT Tower. Yeah, my old man worked for him for 40 years. Yeah. Um, I did some research into it just to see if that's what it looked like back then. I just couldn't find anything. Yeah, I think it's quite accurate, but I'm, I'm sure must, some of it must have been in the studio. But was there some sort of promotion with BT to get it included in the film? But for, but for what reason would that be? You know, it's just a, they could they could have hidden under Tower Bridge or St Paul's Cathedral. You know, a proper London landmark. But it is this partially built telecom tower yeah that that just struck me as a bit strange that was all what about any of the other sort of supporting actors apart from Sid James you've got Eunice Stubbs yes um, probably Eric Barker Eric Barker now he's rapidly heading towards the Hall of Fame he is he's got one more I believe yeah. he's carry on sergeant and we've got now, a few carry ons coming up that. haven't we we've got a couple of St Trinians I think he was in Yes, he was a policeman in then, the police inspector. Uh, yeah, as I say, he's he's playing what Eric Barker always played was either a a, a police um, police sergeant or a colonel or something, isn't he? He's always played someone in authority. Yeah. Um, but he's a reliable actor, Eric Barker, isn't he? I mean, he's one of the ones that's never ever going to be a star of a movie, but no. But the parts he plays are always important, and he's he's a, he's very good at what he does. Norman Mitchell as well. Yeah, he cropped up in a load of things over the 70s and 80s, Norman Mitchell, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, and bizarrely, um, Sophie Hardy doesn't appear in any other you know, English-language movies ever again. Dave Nelson, who plays Sammy, Joe Brown's best mate, never heard of him, never see him in anything, disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh. Strange, isn't it? You know, there's some. There's obviously a very tight budget to this movie. We well, did in 1964. Did thank your lucky stars. Right. Well, that was a TV show. Yeah. A TV variety show. That is it. Um, it was a sort of a flash in the pan, really. Seems to have been so. Obviously, the money has gone on bringing Sophie Hardy, who's probably quite famous on the continent. You know, bringing her over. Sid James has probably got more money than Joe Brown. Probably got more, you know, wages than him. And that was it. That's your budget gone. So, yeah. <laughs> as you say, despite Leslie Brickus being brought in, they certainly didn't spend it on the songs. <laughs> well, since I I watched a thing about Sid James, and mm. um, he used to bring in props, yeah, uh, like product placement, and he'd get paid for it, like certain, smoking certain cigarettes or cigars or drinking certain whiskey. Oh, right. So he'd do this, what, without, like, the director's knowledge or...? Yeah, they wouldn't know. He was getting paid for it. Um, <laughs> so every time now I watch anything with Sid James in, I'm always looking what he's drinking a lot of or smoking a lot of or doing a lot of. Yeah, and there is um, always something there, is there? Yeah, apparently on some of the carry-on sets that he's even got some of the bottles out on, like, mantelpieces and tables and stuff no. and the labels are pointing at the camera. Oh, I'm gonna to have to look out for that. Yeah, that is. Brilliant. I'm trying to think where I see the interview now, but um, apparently it was completely it. true, and he was getting paid for it because <laughs> he was getting so poorly paid for the carry-ons. Oh, they all were, weren't they? It was like 450 quid a carry-on or something stupid, wasn't it? Mm. I can't remember on what. Yeah, 
and it just stayed that rate right the way through for the 30 years, didn't it, or something? The yeah. wages never actually went up. Or four and a half grand, I think it was, Kenneth Williams was paid. But, yeah, incredible. Um, and, and surprising, well, it's not surprising. Sid James wasn't even British, was he? He was South African. Yeah. Um, he was a hairdresser in, I think, Johannesburg. And if I remember rightly, he was he was having an affair or he was married to the daughter of a, a gangland boss or something, or this big property tycoon in South Africa that owned a lot of properties and was a bit of a dodgy dealer, you know. Mm. And he, he ended up fleeing South Africa because I think they was after him because he was having these affairs. He was a right womaniser. Mm. And I'm, I'm trying to remember this rightly, but I think by the time he was 28, he had six different kids by about four or five different women. What a man. Yeah, but they were all like, but he was married to one particular woman. He was having all these affairs all over the place. And that's how he ended up over here. I'm sure it was he actually fled for his life because... <laughs> it was because he was flirting he had this hairdressing salon in the basement of one of the hotels that his father-in-law owned I think it was yeah. and and he was like you know flirting with all the female customers a bit of a womanizer a bit of a Casanova you know that sort of thing and they all loved him well they would do you know the old cheeky patter of his and all that sort of stuff so yeah I'm going to have to read there's a really good biography on him I'm going to have to dig it out and have another little look at it and just get some more stories about him because I, I find him fascinating. I love him to bits, you know, especially in not just the carry-ons but the Tony Hancock stuff that he did and, you know, all his movies. So, so generally, this one, what are we saying? We, we we liked it, but it is really, really flawed. Yeah, I don't think I'd probably go any higher than a three. Yeah, I think I've scored it a three on Letterboxd, but... It's it's strangely addictive. The, it, it's 95 minutes of your life you're not going to get back. But again, you'd quite willingly watch that again at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would watch it again. It, it's one of those films you're going to sit there afterwards and think, what a crap. But you will go back to it and watch it again. Or if it came on TV, you'd go, yeah, you'd, you'd oh, it's free, it's for Lisa. You know. Yeah, you would watch it. None of the songs, apart from Bourbon Z, can you... How many of them? Whistle any of them? Remember any of the words when you them? No, no. I, I lost all interest when they came on. <laughs> After the first one or two, and I thought, oh, well, this is set the bar really for the rest of it. Obviously, I know Bermondsey sort of halfway through the film. I'll tell you what, the only one that I thought was catchy is the one where he's on the push bike in the credit sequence because you like a credit sequence, as we know. It starts yeah. off quite strong, doesn't it? Joe Brown, cheeky chappy on the push bike. I'm going to take the day off work, going to see the, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah, and then it all goes to shit when they crash into a pile of coal. That's true. Um, yeah. In a dockyard. Yeah, um, true. Which, again, that's another thing. That's another reason I love it all, because of all that in the background. Yeah. Now, there's meant to be unloaded banana boats that day, but instead they're going to go to the airport and. To go and see watch Lisa. Mm. Turn up. Yeah. Strange movie. Strange movie. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very erratic. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, so the dancing, the songs are crap. Um, it's very camp. But would you recommend um, it to anybody, or or just yeah, say, yeah, just to yeah, see. I would recommend them to see it. Yeah. See, like I said, it, it comes across as very much as a carry-on film for me. Yeah, I can't see the carry-on link. That's the thing. Apart from Sid James, some of the set pieces. Well, yeah, I could see what you're saying there. You know, like the the comedy antics of the you know the setup of trying to get the hats would be in you know yeah, to- totally yeah, in place. It should have been called Carry On Lisa. Carry on up your hat. 
yeah, carry on up your hat, carry on up Lisa. Um, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be back with what we're watching next time. <laughs> Okay, Tony, what we're watching next time is down to me, I believe. It is your turn. Yeah. Now, let's just... The trouble we had in getting a copy of Three Hats for Lisa, I mean, we didn't really go into it, but it was a nightmare, wasn't it, trying to get you a copy? Because I had it on DVD. I'm always the awkward one. Um, it shouldn't have been awkward, though, because it was there on YouTube until the day we there. decided, wasn't it? It was there. Um, and I, even, I was even messaging you throughout the day that I was prepared for the evening, <laughs> that I had some snacks, <laughs> and I literally sat down. I'd even managed to get it on my big telly, so I was going to watch it on my telly yep. with the surround sound. Clicked OK, clicked play, and then it come up with that little annoying little fucking YouTube face. Oh, well, sorry, this video has been blocked That's, in your country. Yeah, this one is not available in your country. <laughs> unless you live behind a rock somewhere, then you can watch it all day long. And I spent days trying to find a copy elsewhere. Yes. Because you haven't got a laptop. Well, the, the, your better half has got a laptop, but you tend to just use your tablet, don't you, for, for most things. Um, yes, I'm an Apple whore, unfortunately, yeah. so I don't have any Microsoft equipment. Uh, so I was trying to find a way of getting my copy burnt from the DVD and sent over to you, which, you know, it took me a, a while to get a, um, a a program to rip the DVD, and then I found a, a, a hosting service that I could upload it to. So I sent you the link, and again, that didn't work, did it? And ladies and gentlemen, we need to just... Clarify again, I live 10 minutes up I the know. road from Scott. This is mental. So, <laughs> Honestly, it had probably been easier. There had been less effort involved if I lived in Scotland and he lived at the other end of the country. It would have been, it would have been quicker but, for me to get on the phone and read the script to you Yes. at one point. So in the end, I just happened to be off on a couple of days annual leave at home. Um, and you just happened to be in the area on your lunch break. For once. For once, and it all just... It was literally this five-minute window, wasn't it, mate, that you said, I'm coming over, I'm picking up the DVD. Yes. <laughs> and and that was the only way we could get it. So, what we're going to... And then I whisked it off to Portsmouth with me. <laughs> That's true, yeah, I've, I've never, I haven't seen it since. And I'm just trying to bear in mind that we're going to try and find movies that are easily accessible. Okay, I mean, most of these things I have on DVD, I like physical copies of these movies that we review. So if it's a case of lending you the, the DVD or the... Then again, you haven't got a Blu-ray player, have you? I have now. Oh, you have now. Good. So, so Yes, viewers. So, yes. so the Blu-rays are open to you as well. But what Not I'm, that I buy them because I'm tight, <laughs> but I do possess one. Okay, so you can be borrowing some of my classics then. But to save any sort of future headaches, or particularly for the next episode, what I'm going to do, this episode we're recording on the 7th of November, so I'm going to try and get this episode out by the weekend. Those marvellous people at Talking Pictures TV, which is... Thank you, Talking Pictures TV. Yes, they. if, if you like British movies... 
they are a godsend, aren't they, Tony? Their their programming is something else. You know, it's, uh, we we talk about it quite often on this show that it's been tailored for us. Hasn't it, it would be, yeah. So we should take full advantage of it. So what I've done... It should be Real Britannia TV. That's what they need to change it to. If you want to sponsor us, Talking Pictures TV, we are quite happy yes, to promote yes, you at any will. opportunity. And, and we'll help you out, obviously. We'll, we'll mention you on, a, on Twitter and Facebook just to get name out there a bit more. They don't need our help, mate, I tell you. It's so popular. Oh, you, you don't know. <laughs> so what I've decided to do for you... Yes. Talking Pictures TV, 3pm next Tuesday, the 13th of November... Yes. Set your DVR. Doing it now. Back in the old days, put a tape in, right? Yeah, go on, get the Betamax out. Go and, for yeah, it. and you need to record a movie from 1950 called Seven, oh. called Seven Days to Noon. It is available in other formats. It is out on DVD and stuff like that. So, you know, we can get copies. And, and viewers, listeners, if you can't get Talking Pictures TV... You'll find a copy of this out there if you want to watch it before we get to reviewing it in a couple of weeks' time. It's directed by the Bolting Brothers, which we will talk more about. They're a very, very famous um, British directing brother family, you know, unit. And it stars Barry Jones, Andre Morel, Olive Stone. And the plot tone is an English scientist runs away from a research centre with an atomic bomb. Oh, wow. In in a letter sent to the British Prime Minister, he threatens to blow up the centre of government. Oh, hang on. I'm going to read that last bit again because it now says click on the link to see the full (laughs) summary. It's stopped mid-sentence. So Just the exciting bit for you. In a letter sent to the British Prime Minister, he threatens to blow up the centre of London if the government don't announce the end of any research in this field within a week. Special agents from Scotland Yard try and stop him with the help of the scientist's assistant future son-in-law to find and stop the madman. Wow. So, yeah, topical at the time. They're 1950, so... You like the sound of that? 1947 was the start of the Cold War. Pretty much, mate. You like like the sound of that? A bit of a thriller, you know, a bit of a drama? Yeah. Never heard of it? Never heard of it. Um, Already got a few thoughts running through my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be 1950s and they're going to be trying to stage a nuclear bomb going missing. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't want to jump to too many conclusions, but I'm not going to do any research until I've watched it. Okay, it's a bit of a detective type thing. They're trying to track him down. Um, yeah. Obviously a big moral message about the whole you know, nuclear arms race and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and particular interest to you, there is a young Miss Marple in there, Joan Hickson. Oh yes, so she may be pushing towards the uh, Hall of Fame. We'll mm. have a look. We'll double check because she's been in a couple, and Jeffrey Keane's in there as well. He's been in a couple of um, couple of reviews already. So there you go, mate. Seven days to noon, nineteen fifty. Tony, it's good to have you back, mate. We got to get this organised a bit more often. Because, yes, because I love talking old British movies with you. I love talking new British movies with you. I love talking with you. Full stop. I know, and as I say, it's just very awkward at the moment, <laughs> wherever I'm sent in the world. <laughs> it does differ on a daily basis. I'm, yeah. I'm whisking myself away to Guildford for a little while tomorrow. So <laughs> Okay, well, set your DVR for that particular movie. We know we're going to have a copy to watch. 
and you know we, we're recording in the evenings over skype at the moment which doesn't take too long so we, we, we can work around it no problem at all no we will see each other again hopefully before christmas we'll meet again as vera said that's right mate we certainly will always a pleasure mate never a chore exactly see you thank you very much ladies and gentlemen and we'll speak to you very soon see you soon ta-da bye-bye Good luck. Thank you. British end up, sir.